0: And welcome to another edition of the Copcast Podcast. We're coming to you after Manchester City won, Liverpool won. And I've got Johnny Henderson in Belfast. I've got Beryl Akers out in the Netherlands. Beryl, it was... It's not the game I expected it to be. It was... It's weird. (laughs) Like, these games, I find... If you look back historically, they're insane. They're never what you think. You've had demolitions of either side. You've had high score close games, you know, 4-3s, 3 twos, things like that. You've had KG nil-nils with missed penalties and 2-2s <clears throat> um, two in the end. And, you, you, like, I think this is what's amazing about this picture. You never see the same game twice. And I think I thought we would see us driving, driving and driving through the middle of middle of them, trying to get in behind them, trying to use Darwin's pace, trying to get Salah close to him, um, get Bosley running in behind. But actually, and I don't know whether this is by accident or by design, but we looked... We looked kind of not quite, we looked kind of Spurs one man down, methodical in our approach, which surprised me. It was a very pragmatic performance. And I don't know whether that was to do with the fact that we're away to City just try and get something. We respect them, Holland's there, whatever it was. But I don't know, I suppose, did we get sucked into that? Did we just end up playing that way because that's the way the game pans out or was that a game plan?
1: Uh I I I think the context of, you know, when this uh fixture is, uh, was, um, plays a massive role here. You know, uh it's 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 a twelve thirty 30 kickoff on a on a Saturday after an international break in which uh you know at least lot lots of our players were uh on you know on intercontinental trips even. Um I I, I saw uh, quotes from McAllister that he dozed off uh, literally uh, at one of the, uh, the 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 talks that they had about this game and and I heard um, Klopp say that they had literally one training session before the game so it's it's not you know the the most you know the the, the ideal uh, preparation that you could have for a massive game and maybe it, we would have tried something else. Um, if we would have had a, a you know a week to prepare and and uh, everyone would have been uh, in and uh, available uh, to 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 talk about you know how, how we want to uh, try uh, to, to 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 win the game uh, at the Etihad, so m- maybe in, in, in cases such uh, as as this that you you um, fall back to a default setting and and, and try to just uh, be pragmatic about it, just as you said um also i think you know always game state um, um as a massive role to play in in you know how how a game pans out you know we gave away uh, um, i think uh, you know a bit of a sloppy goal uh being very disciplined before that and then just you know i you know pretty much gifting him a goal you know uh, it's it's it wasn't. Uh, yeah, no, Let's 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 keep it at that. I, th- I think we, if if you do make that sort of mistake against uh, Man City, it's 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 pretty much gifting them a goal. And after that, you know, you need to <clears throat> um, be cautious about you know not not uh, n- not uh, conceding that the, the second goal because you know that would be pretty much game over. Um, uh, and and, and but, but still stay in the game and, and, and try to find some something, you know, way back into the game. And, uh, you know, the, and, and I think that's the way that, that the, the game panned out. I, I, you know, it, I don't know what we planned, but that's pretty much how it looked to me. Yeah, Johnny, it's
0: like, I don't know. I think we've seen City succumb decides this year and 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 draw points and In fairness, it hasn't actually been sides that go and go and go at them and i think the two that spring to mind are sort of arsenal and wolves how they certainly arsenal tempered their natural approach albeit that was a home game for both of them but even still there was a bit of a blueprint there that maybe garner some knowledge from that potentially we we looked into, and I think this is an interesting point. That you know, previously we've seen Klopp very much say to himself, We'll go out there, we'll play our game, and come and try and beat us because I back my side. And this was maybe a little bit I don't know. We got battered there last year, um, we've seen us literally lose titles based on not picking up a point. In the area, that's been the difference. A couple of seasons, so yeah, I'm interested in your thoughts on that.
2: Yeah, it 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 was a strange game, but I think there was a lot of factors made it a, a strange game. You know, the early kick off did not help it at all. I mean, it's the Premier League showpiece fixture. Um, I think it was because of the police. You know, Greater Manchester Police moved it to one of it moved it to twelve thirty, which really impacted. I mean, if it had been a 5:30 game or the half four game on a on a, on a Sunday. Um, so I think there was there was that there was the fact that the players were, you know, traveling, especially a lot of our players, as Burl was saying, and um, I think Alexis McAllister made the point that he said he was falling asleep in some of the team talks, you know, because he was that jet lagged. So. You know, the preparation was far from ideal. I think how the game panned out was City have respect for us. I think that, yeah, when you talk about a blueprint of a way to go about them, there's probably an element to that, but a lot of it, too, is determined by City's approach because if City really commit and leave gaps, you know, we would probably have looked like a more swashbuckling counter-attacking um, side. But that's not the do you think, Do
0: you think uh, Guardiola had one of his those front three, they scare me, conversations.
2: <laughs> I, I, I think it possibly, but probably more than likely, they just conceded four goals and been really open at Chelsea. They, they really looked so vulnerable in that game. So I think what you've seen with City was real pragmatic from them. I mean, what they did well, I thought, was obviously they had a very, you know, Kanji and, and Rodri were playing in the midfield. You know, Kanji was sort of stepping in doing the stones position. They were very, very well set up defensively. You know, they had their three strong centre backs. You had Rodri, Ake, real platform. But the one thing I thought was very noticeable about them was the way they set up when we had the ball. I mean, they made it so hard for us to play through the lines. You know, they were so well, they were so disciplined. They they very rarely left themselves in a position to be counterattacked. And I think partly that would be, of course, he would, Guardiola would have respect for a club team. Um, but I think equally, I think Guardiola um, didn't want a repeat of that. He didn't want it to be this this crazy game. He wanted a controlled game, and and I think that's what we got. And I think you know we were a bit rusty with all the factors of only having maybe one or two training sessions. We just never quite got a rhythm going on the when we were trying to you know play those little bursts of passes and get the wee triangles going to to get around them and. I think what you saw was was a cagey game. I, I think they were the better team. They definitely had the better, the, be, the better of it and the better chances. But equally, I think we deserved the point, point. Um, and obviously we got the point because we scored a a fabulous a, a fabulous goal. But yeah, it was it was a cagey game. It wasn't the game I expected, but nonetheless, great result.
0: Yeah, I I think I absolutely have taken. Um a draw before the game, barrel. I think that was you know, they've won the previous 23 games there at all competitions, and most of them very comfortably. So yeah, you, you could understand why you'd go into that game with a bit of trepidation, and maybe that's why we took the approach that we did. Um, or maybe it was all of those other things, or maybe it was just all of those things. But I think we Look, let, let's take a look at Doku first, okay? I think we... I think it's... For me, it's overrated how good his performance was because he had a lot of the ball and he did a lot of dancing and it was difficult to tackle him. But more often than not, I thought he ended up having to duck inside, play the ball across the 18-yard box and try and go again. I can only really remember twice he gets in behind us and pulls across... across the face of the six-yard box. And that's a staple of City's game. And ironically, the second time he does it, we break and score. So I think, you know, it looked to me that that was possibly an area that we identified as. We need to really nullify that threat. And if we have to compromise the likes of Sabozlai supporting the attack and really driving the team forward um, in that really direct way that he
1: does, then so be it. That would at least um, um, be an explanation for why Soboslai was was you know um, not uh, not very present. You know you 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 didn't notice him uh, having an impact on the game. But you know the, if you have to do the negative work, you know negating uh, someone else's threat, then, then that does go unnoticed. Uh, that, that would be an explanation. Um, yeah, it it was clear that what what they tried to do. They and I, I thought uh, you know just as Johnny said they were the better team. They they played through us, uh, even with uh, Manuel Akanji in midfield. And I, I was you know I it it, it, it uh, while watching the game it got me really riled up. So how how do we how do we get played through by you know not not even very very good players I would say uh, you know. Um, with other very good players in, in, in the team as well, of course. But, you know, I'm talking about Rodri, uh, et cetera. But, yeah, their plan was to um, play through us and then um, get the ball to Doku and then um, uh, him taking on Trent. And, and this also, I think, is, 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 an, is also uh, a way of defending against the, the threat of Trent um, tucking in as a midfielder, I would say. So I think that played, um, you know, two roles. That that tactic had had two purposes. I would say, uh, I, I think Doku has has uh, as a dribbler. You know, uh, he he is a, a bit of a one-dimensional player, but you know, he is very good at this one dimension. I I know that uh, Liverpool have looked at Doku for many years since he was at uh, Anderlecht. the um, left, and uh, and and we didn't um we didn't get him we uh, probably because we yeah didn't I think
0: him. I think Beryl sorry I think Beryl, no no worries. correct me if I'm wrong here was docking not one of those players that was linked with us around the time that Nicholas Pepe was linked with us
1: um yeah I I'm, I'm I I can't you know for me theres those are different threads that I don't I don't know if it's at the same time but it it probably could have been but he's a lot younger than Nicholas Pepe but uh, and um, if I'm not mistaken, he, he is the, the player that went to whatever club uh, Pepe was at <laughs> as, a, as a substitute for him. So, you know, they transferred him to, 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 to Arsenal and, you know, Pepe to Arsenal. And then um, they uh, bought Doku, who was, again, uh, very young at that time. You know, I, I know we were interested in him, but um, we, we didn't uh, actually. I, I never have known about, you know, we, us trying to get him after, you know, that period. So, But, you know, looking at him, I would say he, he wouldn't, um, he, 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 you know, he, he looks like a player like Luis Diaz, but less mature. But then again, probably with a bit more pace. On the first meter, so he's a very interesting player, and and uh, very difficult to, to defend that. But I, I think we had a plan, so um, Trent never uh, had to panic because we knew he was he would get past him. But there was always backup. Uh, I thought you know Muttib was very very mature in his positioning, um, and not only in his positioning, but you know th- that was one of the the main things that he needed to do. Also, Soboslai, uh, uh, um knew that he had to, to fulfill his role, his defensive duties there. So, yeah, it, it looked it looked like a lot of a threat, but uh, if you look at the actual threat that, you know, the, the XG coming from it, if you want to talk the lingo, then uh, I think that was, uh, it, we we managed that pretty well, uh, you know, until we gave away a goal against uh, Ake, who looked like prime uh, Maradona uh, um, against uh, Solvoslai and Trent at that moment because they didn't take it seriously at that moment. So, um, yeah, it, it, that was their plan. And we had a counter plan and it it probably nullified each other. And it might have something to do with how the, the game panned out and, you know, us not uh, getting into the, uh, the, the box uh, shape and, and them not, you know, doing what they are good at, but just trying to. Nullify what we were doing, something like that, I'd say.
0: Yeah, Johnny, um, you know, let's just stick to that right hand side for the meantime. And uh, Barrell's mentioned them probably eyebrows raised that, um, is on the bench and Maddock is in the starting 11, um, especially given the type of side that we're up against. You'd assume Kanate's pace cover that right back position, his strength up against Haaland. But actually the performance from a guy that most people were saying two, three years ago, listen, let's just sell him, cut our losses. He's like moving into his thirties. He's fairly injury prone, you know. Um, Let's reinvest and buy someone a bit younger and a bit more able and start to transition into the future. Manup has one of those games where you watch him and you're like he, he could be the best centre half in the world because he did everything and he, he did that thing I heard this in another podcast I can't remember but he did that thing that he does where he goes to a little adventure but it's everything that people said Rio Ferdinand was but he actually wasn't
2: yeah <laughs> 100% it is um, don't even start me on the myth of uh, Rio Ferdinand, the great ball playing centre back. He was absolutely bang average, stepping out with the ball. <laughs> he was nowhere near. Uh, so like similar. I remember sitting
0: with you in the pub, Johnny, and like I think it was probably early in the first half, maybe like twenty minutes in, where he goes in a run, and he gets the return pass, and I'm like, do you know what? You will just fucking hit it.
2: And yeah, yeah, he he was he was he was really super, and it was strange because I think most people. It, it goes with the thing that Jurgen Klopp's watched a lot of football and knows football and knows what's maybe the best pick better than we do. There's a thought. Maybe he does. Um, because I think conventional thinking was, oh, they've got Doku who's really, really quick and Trent's going to need help because Trent's going to be advanced and there's going to be big spaces to cover. Oh, no, we're going to get absolutely killed. But it wasn't that type of game at all. and. I think Mata settled early on. There was a couple of times they got, you know, round the side on the left and they caught a few balls back and he was there and they put them out for throw-ins early in the game and that seemed to settle. And then he just grew into the game. He was so good. It was a wee moment too in the second half where I think it was Bernardo Silva was on him. You know, he was in the corner and Bernardo Silva was really pressing him, trying to, you know, get the ball off him. And, he was just so calm. He just dragged the ball around and stepped away from him. He had a great game. He really did. He, he tired a wee bit of thought in the last sort of twenty minutes or whatever, but, but that was understandable given given the you know the the quality of the team that we were up against and the work he was having to do. But he was he was absolutely super. I I do think like City obviously targeted that left. You know, their, they they targeted their left to attack and getting the ball a lot to Doku, and I thought that you know the narrative of oh, he was roasting Trent was a little bit of nonsense. I mean, he's very quick, and he's a very good dribbler, and of course he was coming inside, but you could tell that Liverpool had a plan for him. They they knew they were going to do that, and you know, Sabozlai, Trent, Matip, the way they they, they shuffled across and covered, he did, he did on occasion get get round and, and the positions, but I thought they they handled him pretty well. I mean, he's a really dangerous player, but yeah, Madip was he, he he was superb. He was certainly for me, he 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 was our man of the match, um, and put in a, a I would say a good claim to 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 keep his place in the big games that are ahead because it's a busy period now and uh, an informed Joel uh really nice reassuring thing to have with the, with the with the big games that are coming up you know and then in the, in the coming weeks there's a lot of big tasty games where having him around will be very useful
0: yeah like I, like I'm, I'm one guy that would always just like to have dual man up around me just generally speaking like i wouldn't mind having him just sitting in the corner with a glass of wine with me right now um <laughs> uh, <laughs> all and i think I think what's interesting to me in this game is is it's kind of a game of of it's a bit of a myth buster game um, for some of our players and some of our performances. And is the first kind of name on my list there. The second one I'll come to is Simicus. Is I know Simicus has his detractors. Um, he's you know, there's a lack of probably confidence in him, especially with what Robertson gives you, but you know, I think his delivery is is superb. It really is. Yeah. Robertson's delivery is great, but Simicis is generally on, on another level. I think one thing I got really frustrated with was the quality of set-piece that we put in at the weekend. That really, really did frustrate me, given how good we are from set-pieces. And I thought that, given the way the game had panned out, that was something that we really could have capitalised on to make the difference. But he absolutely manages Foden's influence completely out of the game. And with what we've talked about on the other side, that's how we really nullify this team. And Simicus's performance, he's got to take a lot of confidence from that and we've got to give him a lot of credit for it.
1: I think the last pot I was on was uh, after the Toulouse game and, and he was not very good in the, that game because... Um, You know, what he had to do was, um, um, you know, that delivery that he that he usually has uh, the, you know, getting forward and getting some good crosses in etc. And he he didn't have that and he was uh, he was dreadful defensively as well. So, yeah, I, I, I had um, a a bit of doubts, uh, you know, him playing and there were some shouts for Gomez in the left back position uh, for this game. But you know, Ferris, Ferrer, he was he was very good uh, in this game because he was very disciplined. He did um, he, he didn't venture forward, you know, um, probably because he was told to not to do that, and uh, and and so he did. He needed to do what uh, Andy Robertson uh, has to do this season. So the the new role in which uh, uh, the left back has to be. Um, more conservative more defensive because uh, because of uh, uh trend's positioning um and he did it you know f- against uh, uh the, you know the best team in the in the, in the premier league uh a- against uh, you know one of the the talents of of the the premier league who uh yeah okay let's not get into that but yeah and and uh, exactly he nullified the threat of of Phil Foden and he was um yeah, on, you know he he did what was needed in this game being defensively solid uh, uh there was this and i i seen even memes about it and, uh he there, there was this uh, scuffle for a ball uh right at the line and he he did, he did something really um uh, surprising and 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 simple at the same time because you know he, he just um, uh, pushed uh, Foden over the line and, and took the ball and just <laughs> headed out with it uh, wh- where everyone was expecting that it would take a, a throw in. But um, uh, yeah, uh, you know, credit where it's due. So uh, he, he definitely showed everyone, uh, including myself, that if he needs to do this, you know, being uh, defensively solid and just, you know, um, being a left back in that sense, then yeah, he can do it, and because you know this is one of the biggest tests that you can uh, endure, and he he he, he did it very well, uh, very well, I have to say.
0: Yeah, and Beryl just like, just to finish off on because it's been a while since he's played football. It's certainly been a long time since he's had a run of games, and people talk about match sharpness, and I think we confuse that with kind of the the physical aspect of the game. For me, it's more a the concentration aspect of the game, but also b this the severity of how your actions influence the team and results and your teammates, etc. You can look great in training if you if you fall over like he did against Toulouse, and and you can see the goal. It's like I'm sure we've all been training sessions. I know what I have, and if you do something like that. It's just your mates taking the piss out of you and everybody having a laugh about it. And, you know, the importance of that is probably kind of lost in that situation. So for me, I think this run of games has allowed him to understand, you know, the responsibility of making sure he's absolutely on his game, positionally aware Making sensible decisions, not taking unnecessary risks, and a game like this heightens that response. And I think that's what we saw.
1: Yeah, I think that's really fair. I, I think uh, um, you know, I, I, you know, the uh, the example of the Toulouse game, um, which you know, um, all, all of these things that you say, you know, not not being. Uh, 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 experience you know not having the the, the, the fresh experience of, of, of a prolonged time in the in, in the in the first team squad and in the first team i would say i should say um and, and therefore not not having uh, this uh, this um this discipline this this stress every game uh, in and out and and yeah i, I can understand that 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 that, w- that could be a factor and in this game uh, in this toulouse game <clears throat> it was he was underestimating the the, the situation there, and, and as uh, and he was underestimating probably the the opponent. But uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. In in, in a game uh, against Manchester City, you know, uh, away even, there there is no uh, there is no way you can uh, you can think uh, I, I can I can I can do this on on ninety percent or eighty <laughs> percent. So he was he was he was there was. Um, um, he, he, we, the, the situation, the task that he had demanded him to be at 100% and very disciplined and very concentrated, and he did deliver. So, uh, again, it, it, what it goes to show is probably that uh, if, if he needs to do this, then you can probably count on him. And, you know, if, if, there, were, uh, if there are a, a couple of games more than he, in which he shows this and, and, you know, that there are a couple on, on the horizon, then, yeah, he it, it might uh, it might change my, uh, uh, you know, my idea about, you know, I, I, him staying um, around and, uh, you know, maybe it, it is a good idea to have him around uh, for a couple of years longer.
0: Yeah, it doesn't seem like the worst.
1: OK, Johnny,
0: third MythBuster. I've seen. The usual. We still need. A bona fide number six. It's necessary to compete. It's required. And much like Simicus, McAllister at at the weekend and probably the game before as well. And I can't remember what it was now. Brentford, possibly. Um, He does the thing that we assume he's worst at, the best, the same as Simicus that defensive side of the game, that positionally disciplined side of the game, and then he brings all those other natural attributes to it as well. So, like, just, first of all, on McAllister's performance, and, and the second thing is, you know, is this something that this team, the way we play, needs a player like that in there? And, look, we play... A team like City twice a season so we don't need to buy a player for 6-8 games a season that's going to do that, we need to buy a player that's going to help us break down the bottom 13-14 the teams and for me McAllister in the last two games has shown that actually he's learning that role and his defensive performance I thought was absolutely outstanding
2: Yeah it was it was Easily, I thought, his best game since he signed. Um, and he has looked, and there's been mitigations. Like, there's been a couple of kickoffs where we've come back from internationals and he's really struggled to get up with the pace of it. And for a player that said he was struggling, you know, he was open, quite open about the jet lag and stuff like that. He, he did have a really good game. Um it, it, it's a real interesting one because if you ask me hand on heart, do you, you know, I always think of Klopp's best teams and I always remember like Linders talking about the best or best teams and, you know, they always talked about Fabinho at his peak as, you know, the lighthouse and the player that, you know, he was there, everyone knew where he was and he sort of dictated everything. He was the comfort blanket for everything that the, that the, the team did. So, and, and I think it's 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 in the in those real grindy games where you where you need to keep keep clean sheets and get those away wins. I think that's where Fabinho really came into his own. I am still in this little bit of position where I can see why we wanted Casido, I can see why we wanted Lavia. I still think we may well sign someone in January. But it was very heartening that He took on the role with the defensive responsibilities. I think one of the things that McAllister's real supporters and the people who were excited by his signing would have said was when he came, I'd given him the freedom to do his passes because he's such a clever footballer. He's really good at finding space. He's got a really good touch. He can see the whole picture. He can play the ball through the lines. Would he be better and in a more advanced position with less defensive responsibility? I personally still think he would. I'd really like to see him integrated under the midfield, but Okay, so Tony, here's
0: it. just let's just let's just pause on that for a minute and have a conversation about this. Yeah. Because I understand what you're saying, and I thought this as well, but watching the way this side plays. He absolutely yeah. cannot do what Suboslay does because he does not have the energy. He does not have the legs. He does not have the physicality. Yeah. True. agree. Is he going to play at the left-hand side? Because I don't think he has, like, the skill and dynamism necessarily that Jones and certainly Gravenberts have. So, yeah. you know, where do you see him either side of that? Of, would, of, of, of that yeah. mid? Because I think personally... In those games that we're talking about, having somebody who can pick a pass and play between the lines, you know, standing for 60, 70% of the game inside the centre circle, trying to find Salah, find, you know, Gakto dropping deep, find Diaz. I think that's ideal to maximise the skill set in that regard, the way we play. Yeah, I, I, it, it is it is a valid conversation. And I mean, Curtis
2: Jones, obviously, a lot of him coming into the side and the left. You know, he didn't have his best game, but it was a very difficult game. It was an early kickoff, and he's just coming back off injury. So, you know, Jones for me certainly has been really important and in, in the run of, you know, the run of form that we've had since the back end of last season. I could see McAllister playing in that advanced position, but I do take the fact that. And, and listen, you're the only person who can answer this question is probably Klopp and lenders. <laughs> if you, you know, are they still actively pursuing this profile of player, or have they decided? Well, do you know what? No, we're not going to have a, an absolute defensively minded destroyer in there. We're going to look to control. We're going to look to dictate from deep and attack teams a different way. So it is. It is a valid conversation, and it could be. It could be the game where maybe the, the, we, we start to, it becomes clear that we're moving away from that sort of mindset and setup of the team. And this is the CLOP version two, if you like, evolution. So it is it's, it, it is a quandary day because I was very firmly in the camp, of <clears throat> we can't compete without mm. that profile of player. Um, but now <clears throat> I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure if the, the plan will be to do that. And that's, it's very interesting. And we've certainly held our own in this up to this point of the season, playing the way we have.
0: Yeah, we have, Burrell and, and with conceding, you know, very very few goals in relation to the rest of the league. Um, xG against a little bit higher than, than some of the teams ab- above us and around us. But you know, I think we play that way because we've got Allison, had Allison, and we'll come on to that. But I don't know. I think I don't know whether the Gravenbergs signing informs this decision because I just wonder we, we move I think we're quite fluid in our transfer business and I wonder did we just say to ourselves after we missed out in Cicedo and Lavia did, did we just go do you know what we're going to do see instead of having Alexis out that left hand side and one of the options out there we'll just put him in a six because it's easier to buy somebody for that left hand side to replace him essentially and that's where the, the Gravenberch signing comes in because we just assumed oh he might be able to do the six and I just wonder have the hierarchy said and his club said well do you know what we'll do we'll just McAllister will be the six nine instead of signing one and we'll buy somebody to replace McAllister for where we bought him for which happened to be Ryan Gravenberch, and I'm only asking you this because of your <laughs> Your initial opinion on the player? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, fair enough. Um, <laughs> um, you know, first, first off, on McAllister, I, I think uh, if you look at how we, um, you know, w- where we played uh, Tiago, who is, I think, uh, a, a similar player, um, and we played him from the left, uh, and w- when he, you know. When he got one of his many injuries, then uh, Curtis Wright uh, started playing there. So, and we played him more to the base of the of the center uh, central midfield. Uh, and you know, maybe there's uh, you, you could see him. Uh, you could see McAllister as some sort of uh, Thiago re- replacement, uh, and and then it makes more sense, I would say. <clears throat> But um, yeah, Gravenberg, yeah, I, uh, you know, my my opinion on on what is essentially still a kid. Um, was based on on two things. One, um, him being a very talented player uh, uh, at Ajax. Um, very young still, and you know, and and there is lots of hyperbole going on with uh, with Ajax talents that this is. This is something that, um, you know, there there are many. Uh, Ajax oriented uh, journalists in, in in the Netherlands. So, you know, if, if, if a young player at Ajax plays a couple of uh, good games, then, then then they're usually hyped and they're usually drafted into the national team, uh, you know, way too too early. Uh, and later on, it becomes apparent that, you know, it was probably a bit of an exaggeration going on there. You know, that you're, you're Donnie van der Bakes, so you're uh, your uh, Matthijs van der Lichts, et cetera, et cetera. You know, there, there, there are uh, uh, literally tens of, uh, I, I could name a, a lot of these players. And, and I wouldn't say Krambeck was on, in that territory. It was very clear that he was a very talented player, but also um, th- there was something else uh, going on there in the sense that, you know, if, if you are a very talented player and you have been identified as a very talented player Um, Playing at one of the major clubs and maybe the major club in the Netherlands, then it means that you have uh, you you need very little resilience uh, in your um, in your development at such an Academy. So, you know, you're always winning and you're always winning big. And if you're not winning. some players can 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 show a, a sense of entitlement so why are we not winning why are they not letting us win because you know we are better uh, and it's it's um you know yesterday uh Feyenoord lost against Atletico Madrid and 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 rightly so because you know Atletico were the better team uh, but uh Feyenoord also lost against Lazio and um away and and still uh, the, the the Feyenoord um, um, manager who, you know, I hold in very high regard uh, said uh, Feyenoord played uh, the perfect game. And, you know, and I, I thought, well, how can you play the perfect game but uh, having lost 1-0? But this is the Dutch disease, thinking that you are entitled to win because you played very good football. And, you know, this is not the way football works. And I I. Th- Thought I saw that in in Grafenberg. you know, um, not having the resilience to um, to you know to to to, to, to show fight, uh, you know, if things go uh, not the way you want them to go, um, it, it, you know, uh, during a football game, um, having you know bad luck or uh, you know deflected goals against you a referee against you etc cetera, etc cetera. or you know even um you know the opponent being you know better at some certain things um not being able to to step up and say and okay now i I'll, I'll just grind it out i'll I'll fight i'll do i'll do anything that's necessary to win this game this is what i was seeing observing in him and and especially so when he didn't succeed at uh, at Bayern uh, but I, I'm seeing a, a very different player right now. So maybe uh, it was also, you know, th- having the right fit in um, um, meeting um, uh, a manager and, and, and pro- probably also Pep Landers, uh, you know, coaches who uh, see the talent in him. Um, so, you know, a very long-winded answer, but uh, it, w- what he showed in this game uh, especially, you know, with his contribution for that goal was, I, I thought was, you know, very, very well. And 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 probably because, you know, having this in the back of their minds, that, that him being a very good player and being available, they thought maybe this is the best option right now instead of spending, uh, you know, maybe a hundred million uh, for uh, a Caicedo that they didn't get, but, you know, someone else uh, the, you know, from the same ilk, just get him in and try this.
0: Yeah, well, it's been working well enough so far, Johnny, and, yeah, I think we can talk about the two squads and all City's money, but if you looked at the two benches on Saturday, I think that was where I was more relaxed, even at 1-0, even at 60, 70 minutes. And, you know, lo and behold, Klopp again, he gets the subs right, and. It's it's Gravenberg down the left hand side or try sorry, let me try and get Beryl's pronunciation. Gravenberg out the out the left hand side. He takes the ball away past Rodri. It's Don't Diaz. even try,
1: man. No, nobody <laughs> tried. <so. laughs> call, call him gravy or something like that. Ryan, Ryan.
0: <laughs> um Dutch Ryan. Um and, and then it goes to the ass. It's not the best pass, it's aim for Gakpool. Sally ends up picking it up, but Gakpo's run Gakpo's run is is actually the most important thing about this goal he just opens up that space for the pass and for Trent to take that first touch and he he catches it so cleanly, but I think it's how quickly he strikes the ball after the first touch, it just catches Ederson, that little bit off guard that he can't get down to and it's kind of the goal that we've been accustomed to seeing the other teams on the attack, we break, we go down one side, we switch to the other and we move players about and we get a good shot away from a great goal-scoring position and with the quality that we have, it goes in the net. And for me, that that is the sort of goal, the sort of directness and, and purpose and methodical approach at pace that is starting to become a real staple of this particular Liverpool side. Yeah,
2: it 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 was it was it was a very sort of it was very sort of vintage Liverpool. The goal wasn't it? it was, the way we, we progressed the ball and a lot of guys had their parts in it. Like Brambert carried the ball really well past um, past uh, Rodri, uh, and then Gapko. Yeah, a lot of people didn't pick that out, but his run and the way he made that move across. It took the two defenders. And that's when Salah sort of looked up and realized, you know, the pass then was Trent, because those two the two that he took away just gave Trent that little sort of five yards of space to go into. And and obviously it's it's it's, it's a brilliant it's it's a brilliantly taken goal. And it's a it's it's a brilliant it's a brilliant finish. Um and everything about it was Yeah, I think it's a team at the minute that are very comfortable with how they're they're set up and and how they're playing. Um, And I think from a confidence perspective as well, I think going there, you know, I wouldn't say it was ding-dong going toe-to-toe with them. It was a strange sort of game, but we've talked about that, the circumstances. I think that'll be massive for our confidence now. Get into this really busy period where, you know, I think from a confidence point of view, the players that you'd think we really need to, you know, could do with a bit of a boost, not that they've been playing really bad, but just to make sure that they feel 100% an important part of the group and the unit at the minute, you would pick the likes of Simicash, you would pick the likes of Gravenberch, you would pick the likes of Joe Maddox. And I think it's really encouraging that they've all come through that um, with their confidence. And we're, we're in a really good place. Obviously, a couple of, you know, Allison and Jada getting injured, not ideal, but probably when you look at the timing of the games, especially with the Allison one, it could be a lot worse because there's an argument that, you know, with the Europa League games coming up anyway, you know, there, there's worse league games they could miss. But, but yeah, loads, loads, of loads of positives to take from the goal and the result as well.
0: Yeah, but we're not going to talk about the goal we conceded because it's just a catalogue of errors. Alisson doesn't have his best game, but... I think, yes, Johnny's right. Jota will be a miss in one of those games where he was hardly involved, and I just thought to myself, he's bound to score, because I haven't seen him. But lo and behold, he goes off injured. Alisson, we're talking, I think Klopp said today, definitely not this weekend definitely not the weekend after maybe the weekend after so that's kind of pointing towards United but for me this is a bit of an issue I looked at some statistics earlier on today is a is of percentage um, is the best in the league and if, you know if we look at the numbers it's an 81.5 percent C of percentage. We've got hilariously Onana next at 77.3, which I think is wild. Nick Pope 75. Neto 72.3. Matt Turner 71.1. And actually, you've got to go all the way down to seventh at 70% for Vicario from Spurs. And there's nobody else there. There's no Edersons. There's no Ramsdale's or Reyes. There's no Martinez. Um these teams that are running around us, and you know, losing your first choice keeper is going to make a bigger difference to us than anybody else.
1: Yeah, hopefully not. But uh, you know, I, I I think you know I, I'm someone who works with statistics daily, and what you look at is sample size and. Uh, you know the sample size of how many games? For 13, 14 games now, uh, you're, you're basing this on. Uh, I would say it it has probably a lot to do with uh, you know the the, uh, the fact that we had um, uh, how many red cards did we did we have um, did we get uh, and 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 even two red cards against uh, uh, Spurs. Yeah, but if they're so all. That, I know it's. I know yeah. you can talk about shots completed, but he still has to save those shots. Where statistically yeah. <laughs> the rest of the keepers are going to save less of those shots. Yeah. True, absolutely, and and he is the best goalkeeper in the world. No, no, you know, no, no doubt about it. Uh, and and you know the the, the differences between him and uh, you know someone like a, a Courtois or an Oblak, etc., may, may be marginal, but still, I I think he has proven uh, that he he, he is. Uh, you know, world class, and and not you know even in a historical sense. I would say so. Yeah, uh, I would expect him to uh, to make uh, a, a lot more saves than than any of of, of these um, grifters you know beneath him in in the in those statistics in in the in the, in the current Premier League. <laughs> but at the same time, he he has had to um, uh, to concede a, a lots of shots. So. Maybe if we can, uh, you know, I, I, I assume and and very much hope that Quive uh, Callagher will be uh, uh, will be will be his replacement for the games that he's not available for, and uh, you, you know he probably will. Uh, then you know if if we manage to to let him con- you know concede less shots, then then probably he, he doesn't need to have. Uh, as as good a, a save ratio to 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 be uh, to be a, a good keeper for us, so maybe we need to adapt a little. Yeah, but you know, if if I just said that uh, that he is one of the you know one of the best keepers in the world, and even so, in a historical sense, uh, then yeah, obviously it, it it'll be a loss to to not have him. Um, luckily, I, I think Keller is 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 a good replacement, you know, never uh, like for like, of course, but uh, we'll have to make do, and I think this is, uh, uh, you know, he, he hopefully he won't be out for long, uh, and, uh, you know, we'll manage, I, I would say, uh, and maybe this is, um, you know, a good practice, just like Putsimikas, uh, it's good practice for Kelleher, uh, and hopefully he'll be, uh, Alison will be back for the Manchester United game, and uh, because you know, you, you you just want to be at your best when you uh, you know want to 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 beat the game, uh, to beat the team seven nil or you know something like that. Um, yeah, uh, I, it, he, he did have his, his his best game, and probably because the, there was uh, um, an injury lingering there. Maybe it has to do with the fact that he he too uh, had to play two games in Brazil and uh, or in you know in South America and then uh, travel to play another uh, high stress game. We'll have to make do, and I I, I have uh, I have confidence in uh, in Kelleher.
0: Yeah. Okay, Tony. Listen, let's move to um move to finally Lask. So they are. They are brutal, to be honest. <laughs>
1: they're,
0: they're like, they, yeah, they are. Um, they're, they, they're, they're the whipping,
2: boy, they're the whipping yeah. boys in a Europa League group. So
0: Honestly, like I reckon there's a significant number of teams in that Europa Conference League that are well better than them. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you, you could put any set out and go and beat this team. But for me, I kind of feel like This game represents three opportunities and it's the opportunity to not have to field anywhere near a first 11 in the last group game and the opportunity to skip two unnecessary games in the next round because if we top the group we miss the round of 32. So I, I feel like Klopp will go pretty strong and I thank you for all of the, you know, Issues with a half twelve kickoff. I think a half twelve kickoff on a Saturday to a Thursday night actually lends itself to us going strong this game.
2: Yeah, I think that's right, and I I, I think, I think it's the right approach as well. It it is an opportunity. They like, think they are a weak team. They're weak, and we could probably get away with, um, playing a completely second string eleven. And, and, and probably still win 2 or 3 nil. Um, I think, too, from a sharpness point of view, though, as well, I think Klopp seems to like giving the, like, Salah even just a stretch of the legs in these games. And I suspect, rather than putting Salah on for the last half hour, I think you're right. I think what he would do is he pick a... You know, he put a smarter inequality quality down through the the spine of the team. I don't think you'll see Van Dijk. You know, I think you'll see, you know, Kanade. You 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 might, you might see Quanta so you, you'll 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 see Elliot but I think you'll see um you know you you'll, you'll see you'll see Luis Diaz who did start at the weekend I I would I would say that you're you're probably going to see you might see Dork um that's the one I'm not I don't sure think
0: you will. I don't think uh, it will, yeah yeah
2: like. yeah you think you'll see Salah don't you and maybe well, dark.
0: look I, I think the thing with see Salah us. right is Salah always plays these games and I think more so than anything else the fucker is never injured it's yes. it's he is the least it's the least risk with putting him in a game than any other player probably in the league maybe even in the world I think he's missed three three games for us and yeah or two games, and one of them was like a concussion where he literally wasn't allowed to play. So I think for that reason, I think if you talk Diaz, yeah, you're right, and I think you'll probably see Gakpo. So yeah. there's your front three done, unless he throws Gakpo middle of the park and does and, and play. But again, I think Dope's it, yeah. not think through I... the middle, Salah's not through the middle, Diaz isn't through the middle.
1: Do
2: you know what? You're completely right. I was thinking about Darwin, but you're completely right. Uh, the front three almost certainly will be Diaz, Gapko, who didn't start at the weekend, Mo, get the job done, make the changes at halftime, because the reward, as you say, is the the next Europa League game becomes a complete dead rubber and you avoid two games, which is the last thing we need, especially going into, you know, we're still in the business end of the, of the League Cup and stuff, and... Yeah, if you can avoid those two games. So, yeah, it is. You're, you're quite right, Dave. It is. It is a game of opportunity. It's an opportunity to make our schedule better. It's an opportunity to rest players and have the potential to rest players in the in the future and just to keep the momentum as well. Um, and probably as well, a good thing that so close to Sunday when we play Fulham, you know, get getting Kelleher a run out where he can. Um, You know he's going to need to find his rhythm now for a few games. It doesn't seem like he's going to be needed for a long time, a couple of weeks. But uh, and I'm hoping that is the case, and I'm hoping it's not Liverpool downplaying an injury, which we've seen in the past. But I really hope that's what it is, and it's yeah. They they just need to go out and get the job done, and then move on to to, to Fulham and look for the points um, and keep things moving.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, They're all. Finish us off. Give us an 11 for
1: Lask. Um, Adrian? No, I'm kidding. Keller? (laughs) Um, So, yeah, we don't have many alternatives for the right back, I believe. Yeah, well, you know... I, I'd, I'd like to see, um, what's the young kid called for the left back that we... Uh, um, Is it Scotland? Old? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. And I, I think play Kwanzaa and um, and if we play Kwanzaa and Konate in, in the in the middle, then, then Gomez would be right back. If you have that, uh, then uh, I would say... Uh, you know w- with uh, the fact in mind that we want to be strong um also you know in uh, considering this defense I would say that soboslai would play endo probably would play and at the left uh midfield position I would say Hravenberg, uh, sorry Ryan uh, uh <laughs> yeah and I I, I think s- You know, you're playing at home, um, so there's no travel involved, etc. So, uh, less stress and strain, I would say, Salah would play. Um, Yeah, and and, uh, it makes sense to play Luis Diaz and and Gakpo. Yeah, Yeah. there's your 11, I'd say. Okay.
0: Uh, Johnny, I have probably one change from that. What have you got?
2: Oh, not too many changes from that. I think it'll be, I think it'll be Gomez, Quanse, Quanse Kamadi. I think he plays in the cast, Kelleher. Um, we've already said the front three. The be Gapko, Salah, Diaz, midfield. I don't know if we'll see Sabazlai. I'd expect to see. Oh, midfield's a tricky one. I think you'll see see Jones. Because he hasn't played a lot of football, and want to want to get him up to speed. You'll see Grabenbridge, um, and then one of McAllister or Sibosly, I think.
0: Wrong. I don't know. You're all. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Both of you are wrong. We're definitely seeing Harvey Elliott. I forgot the start. Elliot. Oh yeah, yeah we're Elliot, definitely Elliot. Seeing Harvey yeah.
2: Elliott getting the start. Yeah. yeah.
0: I recommend. Be, I recommend three. It. Elliott Grabenbridge Jones probably. What you yeah. I I reckon you'll see. Elliot, do you know what? I'm going to change my mind completely here. I reckon you'll see Elliot, Endo, Jones.
2: Uh, Elliot, Endo, yeah. I'm forgetting about Endo as well. which is I think Jones
0: much- needs the minutes. I think Elliot gets a start in these games no matter what. I'm, I think the one question mark for me is what he does at left back. I think it probably depends where Robbo's recovery is, but we're coming into, as Klopp has said, the most intense period of the season. And I'm not sure whether he risks Simicus. So I could maybe go with with uh, Beryl's
1: scum and shout.
2: Mm, maybe. maybe.
1: I'm, I'm going with your midfield. I, I, I agree that, you know, I forgot about Elliot. How, how could I? He's my darling. He's your poster <laughs> boy, right. man. Yeah, He's yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love him. Beryl He's,
0: has him yeah. taped to the ceiling of his bedroom. <laughs>
1: And the toilet And the bathroom (laughs) Etc Etc
0: right, Lads Listen Thanks for joining us We've got to do predictions Dave What's the predictions Ah Predictions for fuck's sake Right 4-0 I'm going to go 4-1 Gross We're going to concede a goal Against them Yeah
1: We are going to concede a goal Of course But you know I was going for 4-1 It's it's, it's going to be Six one now. Oh, that's that. it. That's it. Yeah, let's let's you have a romp. That's That'll
2: what it's called. Nice. Right? That'll do. A romp is right. That'll do nicely
1: All right.
0: Well, listen, thanks very much for joining us, boys. Until next time, up the up the the reds are going on a romp. Reds.